This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. We may be a comic duo, but we take mental health very serious. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and is completely online. BetterHelp is a network with over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, answer a few questions, and BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash amp. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash amp. We really don't know what we're going to do here. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> this is our first episode. We're we have so, no clue. We are so used to comedy and laughing and talking about retail that we're like, well, we're going to start this new podcast. Better turn my estrogen level up. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a room full of women <laughs> oh, who have a lot of anxiety and they might have to go take a poop. So we have my cousin <laughs> Kylie here and Julia's hanging out and Kendra's hanging out and Cass is here in the room yes. and Kylie's boyfriend Harrison is here for everyone that will hear all the background noise. Maybe we'll... I don't know how you kept all those names straight just now. <laughs> yeah. I had anxiety for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I actually have to say that I had a little bit like, I was a little nervous. I had some nervous poops today. Nervous poops. I did. I was like, okay, well, I'm used to doing the clopin. Mm -hmm. Like, that's easy. That's just like people yes. come on, they talk about their businesses. We laugh about and it. And then today I'm like, okay, Kylie's coming over. This is completely new. This is completely different. Although we're going to bring some comedy into it because yes. we want people to heal with laughter with yes. us. Right. We've been through some shit. You've been through some shit. Everyone in this room has been through some shit. Yes. So um, we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the And we're going to laugh about it. We're going to talk about the shit that makes us shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Kylie? Yeah, so I am currently finishing up grad school. I'm working on my doctorate of physical therapy. Ooh. So next year I'll be able to take my boards and then I will be a certified doctor of physical therapy. Amazing. And then you can teach me how to stretch. I can do Please. that now, honestly. Yes. <laughs> I would say Meredith has always talked about um, me fixing her knees once I'm done yep. with school. Yeah. So that's, yeah. She's I my am, first patient for yeah, sure. Okay. I will be. I will well, be. I'm piggybacking on that. We're <laughs> coming <laughs> together. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, but I've also played softball in college and now since I can't play anymore, I'm coaching, um, locally near my school. Can uh, I ask why yeah. you can't play anymore? I'm too old. Oh. I aged out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I technically still have two years of eligibility left at the NCAA level, but I've been gone for too long that it's okay. just kind of evaporated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 So you left for a while and then came back. No, like um, COVID ended my senior season. Oh, so that's right. I just Freaking COVID. I know. I know. Ruins everything. Oh. Sick. <laughs> Sick. Sick. Um, but honestly, playing softball in college is probably one of, if not my most proud accomplishment because yeah. I walked on as a sophomore. So being a walk on, especially at a D1 school, is very difficult to begin with. And then I did it as a sophomore, which is, I haven't heard of anybody else doing that. Yeah. So I'm really proud of myself Amazing. for being able to do that. We're Pers proud of you for yeah. that. <laughs> Persistence is key. Yeah. <laughs> did you play softball in high school too? Yeah, I've been playing since I was about five. Okay. I did a lot of park district and then I didn't do travel until 
I was in late junior high, honestly. And oh. now everybody's starting at like U6. I'm just like, oh. you're playing, you're traveling at U6. These kids can't even throw the ball right. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you tell people what that means? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So um, <laughs> uh, softball, baseball too, they're divided up by age level. So if it's like 10U, it means 10 years old and under. Okay. But usually it's more around kids that are 9, 10, sometimes even 11 if they have a late birthday. Okay. okay. Um, so, and like the team I'm coaching now is considered 18U. So it's 18 year olds and under, but we have two girls that are freshmen in college and okay. they have a late birthday so they can still qualify as 18 and okay. under. Okay. 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 So it's just, it's fun. And especially because I can't play anymore. I really, really enjoy coaching. I've been doing that for about three years now, actually. Oh, that's um, cool. And it's just so fun and being able to like share my knowledge and everything. And my favorite moment is when they get their little aha moment and something clicks and then they're like, oh my God, I got it. And then, that's then awesome. just makes me proud and gives me validation that what I'm teaching them actually works. So, so is would there, you, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. Would you say that your softball coaching relieves your anxiety? Yes. yes. I, look, <laughs> I look forward to it a lot, especially like whenever I'm having like a bad day, like obviously if the players aren't really there and they're not really trying, that makes my job a little bit difficult and I get frustrated because yeah. like I can't make them want to do it. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's on them. But like whenever they do get that aha moment um, and knowing that I helped them get there is super validating for Very me. Very rewarding. Can yes, you yes. explain the difference between anxiety of being a player and anxiety of being a coach? So anxiety is being a player, at least for me, it's like, I don't want to mess up. Um, okay. I was played under a lot of coaches where um, like, if you messed up, specifically me um mm. I would get pulled like I was not very necessarily a coach's favorite but like I always laid it out on the line I always gave my best um but I was always afraid of messing up because I didn't want to get pulled oh um so I was always playing scared instead of like trying to like play the ball yeah yeah um so obviously that would lead to more errors than there should have been of course um whereas like a coach like I wouldn't say I get as anxious at least I hope not <laughs> I've never really reflected on it until now. she's older now she's used to it she's <laughs> like oh what's this stuff am I anxious <laughs> it's I'm more like anxious for my players because like especially yeah. people that have been struggling and like I've been working with them I want them to be able to have that moment where like they get their moment yeah, yeah. Um, so being able to be there and encourage them and like I want them to do well so I think it's more I'm anxious for them in that aspect mm. do you think that you coach differently because of what you went through Absolutely. Like you don't show it on your face if you're disappointed, like, oh, we just went through that last week and you still did the same thing or like, how do you, how does that change? I'll be honest. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I wear my emotions on my face. So. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I try not to. I'll, I will give that little, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, you could have had that. Yeah. But, um, like I just playing under the coaches that I played I again I was not a coach's favorite I always was the one that had to work my way from the ground up and can you can you explain more of that like why weren't you the favorite um a lot of it was politics of course okay um a lot of daddy softball so like oh. coaches daughters got preference and my dad coached me for like the first couple years when I was in um park district I was really young but then um he had got taken away with like work and stuff sure so then sure I, just, I, I wanted to keep playing so like I just played under other coaches yeah. <laughs> okay um, oh that makes sense yeah but it, it got really bad once I started doing travel um I, I remember one instance I was I used to be a pitcher and the coach's daughter was a catcher and I was pitching very well and I threw a changeup with people who don't know that it's like an off speed or it's a lot slower than like your fastball mm -hmm. um, it's meant to like throw off hitters in terms of like their timing and balance and things like that so it can be really useful um I threw one and it was a strike and the 
coach's daughter did not catch it correctly and she somehow quote unquote broke her finger i don't think she really broke it but that's what she claimed she jammed it yeah Yeah. she's being super dramatic right and then i (laughs) I got pulled because i hurt her Um, oh wow yeah so that was just one instance of that and then um i played on like a feeder team that um, most of the girls on the team went to my same high school um and the head coach um of my theater team was buddy buddy with the head varsity coach at the high school and he talked up every single girl on my team except me (laughs) so it was literally me and one or two other girls from my team that got held down on freshmen and the rest of my team went up to jv or varsity what the hell but the irony was my freshman year i batted 632 (laughs) and like good is like 300 yeah oh my gosh so Mm -hmm. i was like 632 is unheard of and then it was after that point where um over the summer if we weren't playing on like an elite travel ball team we were expected to play on our high school summer ball team and i got pulled up to varsity for that summer and i think i batted like four something then too oh wow so then i got pulled up to varsity my sophomore year but then i was kind of bouncing back and forth between jv and varsity Mm. like i wasn't getting as much playing time on varsity but I liked the experience of being up there right? versus like on JV, like it's wasn't really good. Challenging. Right. <laughs> right. You got to challenge yourself in order to get better. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. And like, I love a challenge and like, yeah. especially I really like pressure situations when I'm batting. Like most people like freak out and I'll, I mean, I'll admit I had my freak outs at times too, because again, it goes back to the whole thing of not wanting to mess up and I want to make sure that I do my job. So my coach wants me in there in those right. situations. Um, Again, the fear of being pulled though. Right. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it happened not only to me, but it happened to other people too, because they were so hardcore. It's like you like softball and baseball, like it's a game of failure. <laughs> yeah. Like in terms of like batting, like you can get out seven out of 10 times and you're considered amazing because you're batting 300. Like that was all yeah. conference, right. all area accolades. Um, even if you got got out eight out of 10 times, you were batting 200 and like that was still considered decent. Um, so that's one thing that I picked the wrong sport to <laughs> not want to fail at because it is a game of failure. failure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you were a pitcher, right? The uh, whole time or? No. So I pitched up until my sophomore year of high school, I okay. would say. Yeah. Because um, I unfortunately tore my rotator cuff. Yes, oh. that's right. That's yeah, right. So, I mean, I was playing volleyball at the same time too. So all the overhead sports and stuff. And then now I know that I had very incorrect mechanics. So that ultimately led to why I had so many shoulder injuries. Yeah. I started going to physical therapy for my shoulder since I was 12. I remember we have a video. Is it at Uncle Chris's wedding? Yes. And it's Steven and Kylie. Yep, and I'm dancing and my sling. Da- <laughs> dancing in her sling. Because it was like a week after my surgery. Yeah, do you remember that? I mean, it's been a while. He's no, been yeah. married for a long time, but I think I probably still have it somewhere. Oh, and and, and Steven's dancing, and she's trying to do her best with yeah, the, um, hanging well, on yeah, to the and sling. He was little Michael Jackson over there, just like whipping <laughs> out the moves, and here I am in my sling, just like But the one thing around. I remember is that she was hurt. You know, yeah. she was injured, and yeah. it was from softball. Yeah, I remember I that. I still have a picture of me. I caught the bouquet that at that wedding. Which one? Oh my gosh. So when you started going to physical therapy, is that when you knew you wanted to be yeah. in, the, in the field? Yeah. Mm. So I always, I really enjoy helping people. I love volunteering. Like it just, it makes me feel good. It's kind of selfish. What is it about your family? <laughs> They're like We're just so amazing good. people. Jeez. We're amazing. I'm definitely not making it to heaven with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just love helping people and it's kind of selfish, but like making other people happy makes me happy. So yeah, like, that's I find not my selfish happiness. at all. You know, yeah, like, I wouldn't say I that. I just, I 
find my happiness through other people. So I kind of rely on other people to make me happy. So Your I love language. That's the kind of, right. Yeah. I guess that's the kind of like downfall of it, but yeah. I really enjoy it. And um, I always came out better than when I went in. I had a great um, physical therapist and like the whole staff that worked with me. I always had such a positive experience that I wanted to be able to help people like that too. And I knew I couldn't have a test job because being an athlete my whole life, like yeah. I can't sit still. No. Um, yeah. like even like sitting in lecture halls still, too. right? <laughs> yeah. Like even just like sitting in lectures still, like I'm constantly like getting up and readjusting how I sit because mm-hmm. like I can't sit still. Are so, you a pen clicker? No, not no. thankfully not. Um, I recently started taking notes on my iPad, so there's not really oh, a pen click to click. Okay. But like I am one of those people that like taps my fingers yes, on the desk and things too. like that. She's actually too. doing pretty good here recording though. Yeah, well, you know you how a lot of see my legs are bouncing. Yeah, yeah they're always like do people usually tap the table. I'm like, okay, stop that because you can hear that on the recording. She's no, actually doing pretty good. I was going to say, you just can't see my legs bouncing yeah. crazy under the table. <laughs> She's, she moves her hands a lot when she's oh, talking, yeah. which is I get good. that from my mom. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Johnny told me one time I should be an airplane director because <laughs> I'm always talking with my hands. Yeah. Well, they say a body in motion stays in motion. Yeah. That is true. I mean, and that's, that's true, not true right? Because I love my naps. <laughs> but and other she's than on her napping, feet all the time. I'm always moving. Yeah. I did not appreciate naps until I got into college. Like, I would oh, wake shit. up and I would plan when I could take my nap. Yeah. Through between yes, practice so and classes and stuff like I would wake up and be like okay I think I can sneak a 20 minute nap in here yeah. and, <laughs> and that's really all you need right like so before we came over today I was like man I just need a nap like we had bonfire last night we were drinking and I was like I need a nap I laid down for 15 20 minutes and I never fell asleep but I laid there comfortably listening to the TV, listening to everybody in the house. And then I like got up and I'm like, I feel so much better. Yeah. The, Just the resting subconscious for a little sleep. bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you plan your naps and I plan meals and snacks. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always think about food, so I don't even plan that. I I'm was just like, say, okay, like, where's the snacks? I do it all. Where's the next meal? I'm eating my banana in the morning and I'm like, what am I going to have for lunch today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not alone. I feel so much better. Snack queen for sure. Every time like I would even go out with my friends, like even if we're just going to the bar for like a drink, like I always stash at least two fruit snacks and a granola bar in my purse. Perfect. I can't go out without I was just telling Julia, she's having some sugar, right? Up and down. And I said, you got to just bring snacks. Always yeah. just have snacks. So, of course, we're not very healthy. So, of we went course. to go over to Bath and Body Works today. And I'm like, hey, I got you a Reese's peanut butter cup just in case your sugar drops. <laughs> not Meredith, that I'm bringing an apple. Meredith right? no, just wanted not. an excuse to eat one herself. <laughs> Are you I ready for that yet? this morning. And oh. I'm just like, wow, I haven't had oh, a donut oh, forever. Oh really? I haven't had a donut in forever either, actually. I mean, Working in bakery has caused me to yeah, not have donuts. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. This is actually um, sports performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay. So no. I looked up sports okay. performance anxiety because I get that. Mm-hmm. So even though I've been running for years, I go to show up to a race and it's like I'm in the porta potty five times. Oh, God. And it's not, sometimes it's not poop, right? And so yeah, the nervous I just have to pee. The yes, nervous pees. I get those. <laughs> so I was like super curious if I'm the only one because I've ran with people. Like I start races with people and then we see each other at the end and we have our beer. But like I'm the one that's constantly using the washroom mm-hmm. and I can't be the only one. So that makes no. me feel better. I get it more the nervous pees before like exams. <laughs> to be yes. Honest. Oh. Not so much like before like a game or whatever, but like. Yeah, more like exams, at least because that, that's what I've been dealing with most recently. Focusing I haven't played on, in a couple yeah. years now. So, yeah. so I want to know, this is so personal, <laughs> but here's what I want to know. So when I run a race, in, in the beginning you have the porta-potties and then I go for the race and then usually I'm fine, right? Once mm-hmm. I get started and the body feels good and you finish your whatever miles. Mm-hmm. Softball, 
I feel like you have the crowd constantly watching. You're just in this circle. Right. Like, how do you handle being nervous? And like, do you have to walk off? Do you have to use the bathroom? Like, how do you handle that? Um, so I actually saw one of our sports psychiatrists because I was having performance anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of my issues was- I, I thought ha- that only happened to men. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sports performance anxiety. <laughs> Let me specify. Um, but like I had ever since, so one of the ways I, well, I guess the way that I tore my rotator cuff, like mm. it started out as like an overuse injury with like micro tears, but I ended up diving for a ball in softball and I landed weird and it twisted and then that's when I felt the pop that actually tore it um so ever since then I've been terrified of diving for balls because like I never was properly taught like how to dive like I just more or less fall yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, like there's there's actually a correct form believe it or not but like I was never taught it so I had this huge fear of diving and um I was met with our team sports psychologist and um, she actually came to the field with me one time and was just throwing me balls and like making me dive. Wow. Um, and then even like during practices, like team practices, even if it wasn't even close, I would make myself dive just cause I had to get out of that like scared mindset. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I Luckily I didn't hurt myself. So I finally figured it out. But then I also figured out ways to like, I wouldn't necessarily like dive straight forward if the ball's in front of me. Like I learned there's other ways, like you can slide and catch it and just work my work around it almost so mm-hmm. that I had options. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then in terms of like when I'm batting, um, a lot of times, like if we picked up things on pitchers, um, in terms of like, um, like gives like, okay, like she does this with her hand when she's going to throw this pitch, right. um, people on the bench, we would have somebody call out like sit in terms of like, if they were going to throw a change up or s- say their number, if it, we knew that it was going to be outside or things like that. My issue was when I'm in the box, all I focus on is the pitcher's hip because that's where she releases the ball. Like yeah. I never yeah. heard anything like I never heard teammates cheering they're for like me. we told you she was gonna throw exactly yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was like I'm sorry like I literally can't hear you yeah um but that took a lot of practice too just being able to zone in and focus and then my sports psychologist also helped me develop like a better routine like I always had like somewhat of routine like going into going up to bat like okay like I step my right foot in I twirl my bat to this one logo on it and I stare at it and I give myself two deep breaths and then I would just kind of step in and be like okay let's go um, but then she helped me slow it down and make my really focus on my breathing and that it was to be more effective. Mm. Um, so not like rushing the breast, like really take them in. And then I started adding like self-talk to myself. And I'm like, okay, you got this, you got this, or I got this. Um, and like, just to help hype myself up a little bit. So yeah. when you're approaching home plate, mm-hmm. right. As a batter, do you have all the time in the world? Like, are they, is everyone waiting for you where you felt like you were rushed to f- quick breaths and then let's go or um, like how much time is there? Yeah. So it's not like the major league now where there's a pitch clock. Thank God. Okay. Um, okay. Cause I know that's been a huge issue, yeah. but um, yeah, not so much in softball. A lot of times it was either like the ump brushing you like, okay, battery, can you get in the box already? Oh. Um, but then you're like, I'm doing my meditation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like my therapist told me to breathe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but then my biggest issue usually was the pitcher was ready before I was. So I would do my breathing. I'd step in the box, stare at my bat, twirl my bat. And then I would, I wouldn't look up to the pitcher until I was ready. So I'd get my feet set, get my hands. I'm like, okay, here we go. And then I look at the pitcher and she was already starting her motion. Oh wow! So we call that quick pitching. So a lot of times you would have to physically like put your hand up to the ump and be like, can I have time please? Yeah. And then he'll put his hand up and tell the pitcher like, hold on until you put your hand down. 
Um, so that was usually like the frustrating thing was when the pitchers were just trying to quick pitch because then they were getting getting in their groove. And yeah, I was gonna say they were probably in their in their right, shit. Right, they exactly. wanted to right. do it and keep going. Yeah, in right. their shit is that like technical terms? In for their s- shit. In <laughs> their <laughs> in their groove. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. All right. So signs of it of um the sports performance anxiety. I was gonna say performance anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Tremors. Um, hands shaking. Yeah. It says. Um, like, like it says, it gave an example of like holding a tennis racket and shaking, racing heart, hyperventilation. Oh, wow. Uh, muscle tension, bathroom troubles. <laughs> Poop in your pants. The whole reason why we're here. Yeah. So any I feel of like them? muscle tension, definitely. Yeah. Right? That yeah. one for sure. Um, yeah. Whenever I get super tense, like I know like my shoulders hike. So then mm-hmm. I have, when I take my deep breaths, I physically have to like drive my shoulders down yeah. and be like, can you relax, please? Yeah. <laughs> can we, we all just even- take a deep breath and then bring our shoulders down? Everybody together now. <gasps> Bring your shoulders down. <laughs> um, I hope everyone listening yeah, just right? did that. Yes, take a deep breath. Um, but then the heart racing for sure. And yeah. that's why, again, like I would really have to focus on taking like two deep breaths and then the little like, calm down. You're fine. Mm. Like you got this. And then I'll be like, okay, here we go. We were talking yeah, last night it. about teeth clenching. Oh, I, I do that. I'm right? horrible at yeah. that. Like you'll realize in the middle of doing something that your jaw is so mm-hmm. tight and you're like, whoa, relax mm-hmm. a little. Yeah, my, I was clenching my teeth so bad that my dentist said I have to start wearing a night guard. Uh, yes. <laughs> yep. But yes. I will say it's helped quite a bit. Has it? And yeah. it's helped with my migraines too because oh, then good. I'm not clenching so bad. Yeah. You know, I started Invisalign last year and yes. mine are so much better mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm constantly wearing them. And it, I, you know, when I clench, it doesn't matter because I'm clenching on the plastic. Right. Yeah. Well, and that, my thing is it's like, I don't like the feel of my teeth clenching on the plastic so, that, oh. so then I don't even clench my good. teeth yeah like, yeah, yeah. Weird. I know Meredith your teeth look really good too by the way they're getting there they're yeah. getting there yeah they're I'm not they smiling I'm not gonna I'm purposely not gonna smile right now right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay mental signs of sports anxiety uh intense fear of failure we just yes. talked about yes. that <laughs> Disrupted focus, kind of, yeah, kind of talked about yeah. that, right? Uh, overthinking, yep, mm, yep. That's right. Kylie. With the- <laughs> if you could describe Kylie with two words, it'd be perfectionist and overthinking. Yeah, <laughs> gosh, yeah. She's the reason okay, why I love this yes. first one. Oh, and then third is over competitiveness. Oh, yes. okay. But that runs in my family. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh. Not yes. mine. <laughs> we are cool with being medium. <laughs> so I grew up with Kylie's mom. Yes. Susie. Yep. Yes. And yes, she was in gymnastics and she was very competitive. And I, I think I'm like a better person because of her mom, because her mom is really like, okay. uh, you know, like make yeah. it right, make it right. So it's a good yeah. thing. It's a good thing. Well, good. She got that from her mom. Like my grandma, Absolutely. like she is the biggest, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Scam in terms of ping pong. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, she's she, like, oh, like I'm kind of good. And then next thing you know, she has her hand on the table just whacking yes. it. Oh my God. I remember that. Oh my gosh. Harrison so can even attest that to that. that years and years ago, I remember she kind of like looked at yeah, the like pad and like, wow, what is this? I don't even know what to do. And all of a sudden she's like, pump, 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 pump. Like she's <laughs> a hustler. <laughs> she's a hustler. Oh my God. And then she would play board games with my cousin Zach oh. when he was really young. Mm-hmm. And like, he He's like, Grandma, you're supposed to let me win. And she's like, the F I am. <laughs> I think you will win when mom. you deserve the win. Yeah. <laughs> I think Grandma Geist like to uh definitely like to win at cards and That's all that so too. Funny. Yeah. You know what? Um, that was Johnny's mom too, and she would cheat. She would cheat at <laughs> she would cheat at what did they play all the time? They played that um phase ten. Phase well, what ten. Is that? Uh it's uh, you gotta get different. It doesn't matter the rules. Anyways, <laughs> she would Either cheat. way, she would cheat and she, she would, would win. Cheat. She would win. 
The last part of mental signs is reduced self-confidence. Oh, and definitely yeah. want to, I want to touch on that. I want to touch on that because I just want to hear it from somebody else. Cause I definitely have a, a low self-esteem issue when I it feel comes like, to just running. We'll talk yeah, about sports. So self-esteem is a hard thing to achieve, right? You have to love yourself, you know, and that's like the first thing. And a lot of people don't do that. So I feel like self-esteem is a huge one. So I am later in life when it comes to sports. And I've talked about this before. Like I did not have any self-esteem to be in sports. I was in sports like I did cheerleading and track and volleyball, but I sucked at all of them because I didn't have <laughs> yeah. this powerful self-esteem that I have now that I can go show up at a race line and go race and yeah. know the that confidence. maybe I'll win my age group or maybe yeah. I, I have won before yeah. and the confidence, right? Yes. I just never had it. So how did you handle that? How did you deal? I mean, I'll be honest, my, I've struggled with self-esteem ever since I... Can, or as long as I can remember. Um, like even to this day. Must run in the family. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I think it goes back to me being a perfectionist and then me being so overly competitive that like I hate losing more than I like to win. Like that's how competitive yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah. Um so like winning winning is expected. Right. Yeah. And it's just I I hate losing. I hate losing. Like even if like I didn't play my best, but we still won. Like, that's what I care about. Yeah. Like, I was a trophy hunter. Like, I wanted all the trophies. And, like, even when I was younger, like, I quit playing soccer because I felt like I was too good for my team. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, we kept losing. And I was like, I don't want to be on these losing teams. Yeah. So I quit. But then my sister kept with it. And then she just kept getting more trophies than me. And I was like, I need to go back. She's getting way too many trophies than me. But like, I didn't want those participation ones that everybody expects nowadays. Like, I wanted oh, a I was legit totally trophy. Bring that up. I'm glad you yeah. said that. I, yeah, that's a whole joke and a half. <laughs> Let it out, girl. Let it out. But I think a lot of it, my self, my self esteem issues always stemmed from my coaches because again, that fear of failure. Like, yeah. if you are going to mess up, you are going to get pulled, or you're going to get consequences mm -hmm. for it. But being a perfectionist in a game of failure, um, it just really takes a toll on you because oh now I remember what I was gonna say okay perfect. it's because um I just can't stand the thought of not being enough yeah so my thing is I never my self-confidence always stems from I'm not enough and then it carried over into school like I'm not doing well enough in school like I was super competitive in the classroom too like I remember in seventh grade I had this one kid that sat next to me in my math class and I hated him so much because we would always go back and forth on who had the higher exam score. Oh my god! And like, I wanted to be the best. Um, so just not being able to rise to my own expectations. And like, I realize now that I had very unrealistic expectations of myself. Um, I remember one instance specifically, my senior year of high school, um, we played a team that wasn't that very good, but like I went five or four for five on the day. And I was bawling in the car when my mom picked me up because I didn't go five for five. Yeah. Like four for five is incredible. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. Yeah. And I was crying because I didn't get five out of five. I was like, they were a bad team. I should have had it. Like, blah, blah. And my mom's like, Kylie, do you hear yourself? Yeah. Like that's That sounds just like what Sue would say. <laughs> She's like, Kylie, will you like do you hear yourself? And that's one thing too, is like my parents never 
like put a lot of pressure on me to like do well. I literally was just going to ask you. Yeah, like, yeah, do yeah, you yeah. feel like it comes from your family? No, not at because all. Because like, where does it come from? That's grandma what I was know. kicking your ass at ping pong, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then like right. that was like expected. But no, your parents weren't no. like no, that. not no. at all. And I think again, I think it's because like I was just so competitive and I wanted to be the best that like I set these super high expectations of myself. Um, and then because I had the low self esteem, like achieving these things gave me validation that like I am good enough I yeah. am smart enough I am enough um isn't so, it sick that we even think of ourselves as not being enough especially when we don't know where it came from like no one's right. pressuring her this yeah. is something no. that she has made up in her yeah. own mind like I'm not enough or I'm you know you wonder where you get that from like yeah. where does it all start I think you were something else in your past life that made you you know what I mean yeah. but what like a, I don't know yeah, I don't I, know either. <laughs> I don't know, but like, what's even? I was gonna think of something clever, but I, know, I, I can't. <laughs> but like, my mom's a teacher, so everyone's like, "Oh, your mom's a teacher. She expects you to get good grades ah, and do that." She's like, not like that though. No, not at all. So yeah. I just, I don't really know where it stems from. Stems from besides the fact that I want to be the best. I, in my mind, I have to be the best. Otherwise, I won't get this recognition that I crave. Um, and that's where I, I've always been a seeker of like external validation and like yeah. I relate that back to the coaching now like seeing my girls succeed and knowing that like I helped them do that it's like okay I am good at what I do like yeah I actually know what I'm talking about um, so I feel like so just in those few sentences that you said and you were like oh your mom's a teacher so she expects the best from you but you didn't feel like that but do you think her saying I just want you to do your best and I want you to have fun. Do you think that put it in your head? Like that your like, brain went, I must oh, do, do good and I must have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know. That's just me like, eh, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if there's an answer to that, you yeah. know? Well, it was kind of the opposite. Like my mom was always trying to talk me down. Like she's like, Kylie, like that's still good. Like, right. mm -hmm. like I got like a B plus on an exam or something. And I was like, I should have gotten an A because so-and-so got an A and I'm smarter yeah. than them. And she's like, Kylie, like you still did good. Yeah. And then like the softball analogy I just told about like going four for five four on for the five, day. Yeah. Like she's like, Kylie, like that's still good. Right. Like stop putting all this extra excess pressure on yourself. Um, so I just thought that now that I think about it, that is pretty interesting. <laughs> Cause very great question. Yes. I love like it. Most people, I love they, it. They say that they get their pressure from their parents, but my yeah. parents were never like yeah. that. Now that I think about it, it all came from me. And yeah. I would like to think that like, oh yeah, like my parents are super hard on me. And like, it wasn't like that at all. No. Like, they, They're very supportive. Yeah. Like they yeah. genuinely wanted me to do my best, try my best. And I was the one that all was of that upset. support made you obsessed about it. Probably. You know? Yeah. Like I, I just, I didn't want to let them down. Right. Yeah. Right. So Harrison's hanging out with us. Yeah. This is your boyfriend of how many years? Or hey, so, <laughs> 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 we're working on that. Yeah, just pointing at her ring finger. Um, so how is it with relationships? Harrison, is she very competitive? Like <laughs> she puts a lot of pressure on herself. Okay. And I've always, I've tried to talk her down a lot as far as like, babe, you're good. You're there. You are good enough. You're great. But she still adds that extra added pressure, especially with school, with life, with coaching, with a lot of endeavors that she has. She just adds this extra pressure. And that's where it's like, we, I think we've still tried to figure out where that comes from as far as like, yeah. okay, is it a competitiveness like with your sister? Did it, is it outside factors that maybe some people or some coaches have kind of slammed you down in the past and now you're just trying to prove that I am good. I'm yeah. better than that. Like your words mean nothing to me. Yeah. So yeah. it's been, it's an ongoing battle for sure. And as far as self-esteem goes, I mean, I've 
like I've tried to boost her up as far as like, okay, babe, you can do this with PT school when she didn't make it the first time. Okay. It's like, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Because you know what? You're back doing it and yeah. you're trying again. And guess what? You're doing better than the, than you did the last time. So yeah. Yeah. Very true. Oh, no. <laughs> so, it's, and it's tough. We talked about it. Yeah. It's very tough. Self-esteem is a continuing act that you have to continue on. I mean, you can't just have it once and then all of a sudden it's just going to be there. That's a trait mm-hmm. that you have to continually work on and yeah. because your body's going to change, your emotion's going to change, your mentality is going to change. And that's where a lot of things in life outside your fa- outside factors and in your head, you all have to adapt to that. And so that's why self-esteem is something that you constantly have to be working on. Yeah. I feel like you're very hard on yourself, obviously, you said. <laughs> no shit. And, <laughs> and you, and not to get like, godly but like you know people always say god gives the strongest people like the biggest battles right Mm. so you being so competitive and like i have to do this and i have to be the best and then failing but still going back and proving to yourself that like you can do this Mm -hmm. is like one of the most inspiring things ever yeah for sure yeah i will say that college really humbles you yeah (laughs) like (laughs) especially what what you're going to do. Yeah. I mean, now I can't even imagine doing yeah. that. It's you just, know? The, it's been a really long battle and struggle, honestly. And I'm thankful that he's been here to help me through yeah. a lot of it, especially yeah. the last couple of years. Um, because I, it's going to sound super braggy, but I'm not doing that. Like <laughs> I never had to really study in high school. Like yeah, I was right. just very naturally smart. And like, I like any class that I, needed to quote unquote study for it was like math and like you could do practice problems to like study whereas in my field now it's all medical knowledge there's no way to study that like you can't do practice problems it's literally you like you just have to learn this and then know this and be able to recall it later you want me to fall down and then you can practice (laughs) so actually i remember you telling us at your sister's graduation you have to learn a process like you have to teach can you share that like how you had to do the test do you remember oh. she was telling us? Oh, yeah. Like, so it's actually, like a process of what you have to do, and it ha- she has to hit all the right steps, or it's a fail. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So, so it's not just knowing all of it. It's how you're going to teach it. the teachers yeah. how you're doing it, right? Can you explain yeah. that? So I actually... So my school calls it the festival of knowledge and mm-hmm. it is not fun or festival ish <laughs> at all. Festive, not festive. Like it's not anything like it sounds. No. Cause when you think festival, you're like, Oh my gosh, like Ooh, fun. Cotton but candy. No, right. But in reality, this was a four hour exam. Yeah. Well, um, so I actually just redid it um, last week and I found out I passed. So yay! Yay! <laughs> um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but it is very stressful because so how it starts out is, is you get a half hour to quote unquote prep and you're given this sheet. It's basically a four hour long, but it's broken up. Like if you were to see a patient for the very first time in clinic, like okay. what your evaluation would be like. So you get half an hour to review their fake um, intake sheet, like what they say, like, oh, I have back pain here and it's affected my sleeping and stuff like that. So then you can help um, cater what questions you want to ask them. And then you have 30 minutes to do an interview. So that's when you're trying to get as much information as possible. Um, like tell me about your prior medical history or does cancer run in your family? Just like things like that. Cause there's so many different factors that contribute to low back pain. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like right. it can be so many different things. Like it can literally stem from an issue at your foot or your knee 
um, or your hip that's going to cause low back pain because like your body is so intertwined right the slightest line right yeah. Yeah. so like yeah. the slightest change in alignment or structure down here is going to affect something way up the chain yeah crazy yeah so then after you do your interview you get 50 minutes to prep for what we call a psychomotor portion so that's where you go in and there's a note card on the table and you pick it up and that's the tester measure that you have to perform um, on your quote unquote patient in front of the exam grader. And you get Oh, this is giving me anxiety. Right I know, now. right? Just listen. I'm gonna go take to a poop. I'll be right yes. back. <laughs> take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> that is honestly the most stressful part yeah. because we've learned upwards of like two hundred tests or measures over the last couple of years. And like you literally pick one card and you don't you have no idea what card it is. Right. I was just going to ask. It's different every time. Yeah. Right? And like we didn't even know what the pain region was or like the region that we were assessing going into the thing. Like it could have been a shoulder one. It could have been a knee, but we got hip and low back. Yeah. So it's like, OK, so I don't need to know any of the shoulder ones or things like that. But like we've learned hundreds of special tests and measures. So to just randomly pull that one, you're like, OK, how do I do this one again? Yeah, yeah. right. Um, right. But thankfully, I got an easy one. So shouts to my grader for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then you perform that and then you have to explain why you're doing it, what you're assessing and like what implications would be. So like if they tested positive for this one special test, like what does that implicate? Or if they tested negative, what does that implicate? Wow. Um, and then you have to relate it back to the case at hand. So like, how does this relate to the patient? Um, so then based off of that, you have to come up with a um, intervention. So like any kind of stretching or strengthening or anything like that to help fix one of the priority impairments. So like um, my person had um, short hip flexors, so they couldn't get all the way into hip extension when they were walking. So my test was literally just to have them do like a nice quad stretch and then push their hips forward so that they could feel it all the way up their leg. Um, and then you hold that for three sets of 30 seconds. And like, that was my intervention. Mm. Um, and then we would go into a manipulation. So um, usually like any joint mobilization. So if you have a hypomobile um, hip, for example, so that means like you're lacking motion in it. So you would just apply certain pressure in certain areas of the hip. Um, I did it. They were laying on their stomach. And we were trying to get more motion in the front so that way they could still get more um, hip extension. So just Can knowing. I just say that I have all of these things? <laughs> I got you. I'm really I confident have, on low I back and hip now. all of these things that you're explaining. When can we start scheduling with you? Next year, you said? Yeah. Well, yeah I'm, 2024 will be all so much better. Um, but yeah, so then I, after that, like I, again, I just have to explain to my grader, why I'm doing something, what it's trying to achieve, and like how it would relate to the case at hand. Um, and so then after that, we go and then we get another 50 minutes to fill out a whole documentation form. Oh, the paperwork. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always <laughs> oh, the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> the dreaded paperwork. Right. So then we have an hour to do that. And then once you're done with that, you are done. So, wow. It's, yeah. <laughs> That is crazy. So yeah. do you still have another final test after this? Yes. Yeah, you so have some school yet? I just have one final exam on Tuesday. Oh, oh really? And I mean, I'm so you're done. like done, done. Yeah, just about. Oh, and then okay. I start clinicals in two weeks. Okay. My pulse just went up when you said <laughs> on Tuesday. I know. I'm really nervous too. Because like, it's cumulative also. Wait, what does that mean? It's over the entire semester. Oh, oh God. Oh, my God. So, like, you got to remember stuff that you learned From, way yeah, back there. All the way in the first and, week oh, of January. Oh, <laughs> wow. Lord. Okay. That's a little stressful. Okay. Amazing. A little stressy. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. You. you know what? I am very confident that you're going to do just fine. Yeah. I feel pretty good. Cause, yeah. So, 
I'm only taking that this class this semester um because it was the one that I did not do the greatest last semester oh okay um I did have a couple extenuating circumstances <laughs> that yeah. happened before the exam and I think that's why I, I had issues with sure, it yeah. sure um and honestly like that broke me because I was already a year behind in the program um I had to take gross anatomy twice and in gross anatomy, you have to dissect dead bodies. <laughs> oh, so that was really fun. That's not fun. <laughs> it was bad enough doing a frog in school. <laughs> right. Um, like, it was really cool, though. Like, nothing, I will say, nothing grosses me out now, though, after really? seeing that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I had some unfortunate um, deaths in the family that one, that first summer. So it just kind of carried over. So, yeah. but now, like, I'm doing well. I'm doing amazing in this class that I'm taking now, even though I did horribly last year. Yeah. Um, like, not to brag, but my second exam I got last year was a 71, and this year I got an 89. So Yay. I was like, good. Good. Look Very good. So <laughs> do you agree or disagree? Sometimes you need to fail and then to find achieve. out, like, it's, yeah. it's fine, I survived it, and I'm a rock star now. Yeah, when I was saying earlier, like college is very humbling. Like, yeah, that was been since I was talking about because like I didn't know how to study, and this was like a notoriously hard class, and just not knowing how to go about it, and then having all these other circumstances and stuff. I've never failed anything in my life, so yeah. like it took a huge, huge toll on me. Yeah, um, but I was able to come back and do good, and, and then, you survived, right? Yeah. So this class that you're taking now, do you have a different teacher? No, it's the same. It's the same. So it's you just really knowing. It's not. I was going to blame the teacher. I, I was going to say, I, mean, right, I still right. blame her because she you was no help. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. But I now it's just you knowing it all. Right. Yeah. yeah. And just, well, here's the real kicker. Last year, I didn't pass <laughs> the class by 0.31%. Oh, uh, what my God. She wouldn't let me pass by 0.31%. That is disgusting. Yeah. You, you, teacher, should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, she was not the most helpful. Although that just Ugh. shows how much better of a PT she's going to be. That's true. Yeah. Right. I will right. say like, again, like being the only class I was taking this semester, like I could really focus on the material yeah and, yeah. yeah and it's an orthopedic oriented class which is what i want to go into yeah so actually now i actually like know the stuff and like i can actually recall it and i was like wow i actually know this yeah well you don't have yeah. anything else to worry about right. except for this one class right. and right. coaching right? right you're still coaching so yeah. you, it's a little less maybe on the mm -hmm. on the brain right and although then, you like to stay busy i'm sure yeah but. so but i will say like i've got really organized. I got a planner this year and I literally like wrote time in my planner of when I was going to study. Mm -hmm. um, so I will say like actually setting that up was super helpful. Um, but going back to your question about needing to fail, um, last year after I failed this class, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to do physical therapy anymore. Like this is not worth it to me because my mental health was in the toilet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was extremely, extremely depressed. Um, it was, I was in a very, very dark place. I don't think I've ever been in such a bad place before um, this time last year. Um, so I ended up leaving school I was like I don't want to do this anymore take a little break yeah so then I ended up moving to Oklahoma with Harrison yeah and I was there for about six months I got my first taste of a big girl job <laughs> um it wasn't what I wanted to do though um it yeah. was just it was a job because my the thing was my undergrad um, my bachelor's was in exercise science and there's not much that you can do with that besides being like a personal trainer or a fitness instructor mm. and like yes I was an athlete my whole life but fitness is not my passion right. yeah yeah like right. you have to have a very big passion to do something like that um so then I was doing like medical sales and it was like it was okay like again like my competitiveness like wanting to like make the most sales and stuff like it oh, yeah. was a huge advantage and then knowing the medical background I had compared to the people I was working with who didn't have it they all had business or sales degrees yeah. 
Um, I will say that was also a huge benefit, but like, I just, I hate doing sales because I take everything personally. Like if I don't get a sale, it's like, why didn't I do the better? And like, what do you mean you don't want to buy it? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I'm just, I would blame myself and then my self-esteem would go up and down as a roller coaster. I was like, I can't do this. Um, but the thing that really made me want to go back to school was, um, my roommate freshman year, she was also in the PT program with me. And because I decided to take my own path through school um she graduated um last may and she posted a picture on her facebook stories of it was just her leaning over her table doing documentation with a patient who was doing the exercises and i was like damn that should be me Mm. like like i should have i should be in that position like i i need to be a physical therapist because like and like i'm not a quitter I don't quit anything. Right. So like just took a break. That's all. Yeah. So I, about November, I decided I was like, you know what? Like I need to do this. Otherwise I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. And like Harrison said the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you, if you don't do this, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Um, so the fact that I, I did go back and I'm doing much better now. And like all I really have left now are clinicals. Like I have a couple of classes I have to take in the fall, but the rest of it is like in the field learning hands-on right. and like really applying what I've spent the last several years learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've always been a very, kinesthetic learner so doing things hands-on and things like that um I've always thrived in that kind of setting so now actually getting to do that daily I think will really help me be a great physical therapist I wonder how many people fail the first test and then just never go back but then they dream of it yeah ever I'm sure right I'm sure I, mean, I don't have the stats in front of me but if I, I would think if I would have just done this yeah you know? yeah we there's all a lot of us moments. like that yeah right yeah yeah I think about if what I did in life was right. I feel pretty happy where I am, you know, in life. I'm I'm okay with mm-hmm. how my life is going, what I'm doing, you know, stuff like that. But even I still think, like, what if I did do that instead, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Harrison, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> He's so, like, hold on. I was very this. intent Hold listening. on, edit this. No. <laughs> I'm in a bit of a career change myself. Oh, okay. Um, so currently I'm a teacher's assistant at Conant High School. Oh, so oh yeah. I'm in the special education department, fun. which is a very humbling experience. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure. uh, I'm like fun and he's like very humbling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it is gratifying to work with the kids. Yeah. I mean, just like I've done the coaching thing, I've played college baseball as well. And so oh. working with the kids now, it it is a good humbling experience. Yeah. Um, but I'm currently working with a couple of different police departments trying to get on with that. Good. Which, with uh, those of you listening to this, if you're trying to get onto the police department, please be very prepared to open up your entire life. Oh, yeah. Oh, if my you, gosh. If you stole a pen when you were five years old, they're they going to know about it. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Oh, no. it's They, they want to know if you, when you get out of bed, what foot you put down first. Like, that's, <laughs> like, that's how, like they want to know everything in your life. But. I will definitely never be a police officer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we would be in a lot of trouble if they needed us <laughs> on the force. Oh, yeah. No. And, um, Coming back to kind of like the anxiety thing there, it is a very high anxiety job. Oh, sure. Yeah. Kylie and I have sat down and had this conversation of, you know, if God forbid, if something did happen, you know, would you be able to handle that? And, you know, is this something that, you know, I want to provide for my family? And is this something that you can, you know, not, not affect you, but is this something you can live with? And I think, I think we both agreed that, I mean, it's, it's a good career path and that it should be pursued. Yeah. Very good. Well, good luck. Thank you. Amazing. Lots of anxiety with that job. Yeah, for sure. Of course you can never really prepare for it. Like you just have to be like, okay, like if this is what you want to do, like I'm going to support you and things like that. Like 
obviously we're going to pray for the best and right. yeah, hope the worst never comes. Right. But right. Right. Again, like you, you do have to have that thought in the back of your mind that something may go wrong. Oh, oh no. Now all of a sudden I have anxiety. Can, just think Lord. Good Lord. Where's I'm, the Zoloft? Yeah. <laughs> you can't necessarily prepare yourself for trauma. I mean, it just, no, no. Right. I've had a lot of recent trauma and it's just to the point where you just have to take it and you have yeah. to take it with a grain of salt and just move forward. How do you so, feel you handle trauma? Yeah, because just we, in life I, and in and in, I just working. laugh about it. I'm still, <laughs> trying, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> that out. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I was very. I had a, I had a really bad identity crisis, or not identity theft i am a straight male i was just gonna say like oh okay let's open up this bag of worms now okay and, and no i mean it's a two-part I, podcast <laughs> hey. oh my God. Um, <laughs> no, awesome. it, it was funny i i was just at the doctor's office and i'm not I, I was seeking some help for a therapist. I mean, I'm an only child and I've always learned to deal with my problems by myself. Yeah. I mean, I've sit in, sit in a room, think about what I w- just went through and then just deal with it. Yeah. I never really had a brother or a sister to just talk about these yeah. things with. So going to see a doctor was a pretty big step for me. Yeah. And, um, it's funny. I made that same mistake in the doctor's office. It's like, well, I'm having a bit of an identity crisis. It's like, okay, doc, straight male identity theft crisis. Identity theft crisis. And how did you feel seeing the doctor? Like it was, so I got the referral to go see the therapist, but, um, I couldn't quite execute that referral because I had a family thing pop up Mm -hmm. recently and that Mm -hmm. I'm really, really working through that right now because it's a, huge trauma yeah see it's almost and, like you need a therapist yeah, yeah i was and, just gonna say yeah, like yeah. yeah you really you you really need well, it as it, <laughs> well and as you get older you realize your bottle's only so big and, and yeah, it can only right. hold so, so much, much yeah. and once it starts to overflow it's like oh shit now my, what? now my whole life is starting to be affected i'm starting to carry around this huge burden mm. that you kind of have to pick and choose what's gonna affect you yeah. And just be like, you know what? I can't even deal with that right now. I'm just putting that on the back burner. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And it's it, it's one of those that you just have to just keep moving. And I try, yeah. to try to tell myself a lot. You just have to keep moving. I've told Kylie a lot. You just have to keep moving. You have to go back to class. You have to do this. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with seeking power a therapist. It. No, that's what they're all. there for, right? That's we should so all of us. Once a week. <laughs> everybody yeah, yeah. should go to one, you know, oh, well, every once And there's in a quite while. a few of us that say, you know, the bottle's not quite full. I don't need anybody. I can do right. this. I'm an only child. I've I been can doing this on all. my side. Yeah. yeah, I've been independent. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with asking for I can for juggle 30,000 things at once. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, hard, it's a hard realization to ask for help. It is. It is. In this world, a lot of people think that I can do this. I can do this. But then sometimes you just just can't yeah. no you can't i think and um i i you guys are a little bit younger than me but in our kind of generation it's very hard as a male to ask yes. for help right yes. because you're supposed to be the strong independent yep. one that takes care of the family and everything else and women are almost expected to have mental breakdowns every month you know See, and, and i always thought it was because of the men <laughs> <laughs> i mean it probably is but um but yeah, so it, you know, especially if you're a male and you're having issues, like 
absolutely reach out. Like nobody's yep. going to think less of you. No. It's taken me a year to get him to see somebody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it. You yeah. know what? I'm so proud of both of you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Very proud of both I of you. I think part of it too is like he's seen like how much better I've gotten with yeah. therapy. Yeah. Like yeah. He was with you when you were at your exactly. You have to have the right therapist though. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been through a couple that I fired. Absolutely. I was like, nope, this is not going anywhere. Right. And just yell at you. And you're right like, now. I don't need this right now. Well, their ideas <laughs> of, you know, well, I'm going to tell right. you what's going on. It's like, nah, no. nah. No. Like you really do have to find the right one and it's yeah. okay to kind of therapist shop yeah you know? absolutely. So, absolutely yeah yeah my thing was i i did therapy when i was younger because i was bullied unfortunately quite a bit mm. so like i think that's also where my self-esteem issues came from mm. um but i wish somebody would have gotten me a therapist <laughs> i didn't want to go to it though because i was like talking's not going to solve anything like i could talk about it all i want but every time I talk about it, it would make me upset and then it yeah. would put me in a bad mood and like, I don't want to be in a bad mood. I didn't right. want to talk about it. You didn't want to think about it. Right. Yeah. Whereas like now, like I found that talking to my therapist about whatever's bothering me, like it does help because I mean, they're an unbiased third party. So they have to take what I say as the truth. So yeah. then they're right. on my side. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, it's so true. But um, at the same time, my therapist that I have now I told her, she's like, what do you need from me? Like to make this effect? And I was like, I don't like just talking. Like I need things to do. Like I'm a very action oriented person. So when we started out, she gave me like homework of like things to do. That's great. Um, cause I was also seeing her cause I have really severe OCD. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them being I'm obsessed with multiples of five. Like if the radio or the volume on the TV is not I'm a multiple of five, like I get physically uncomfortable. Like Harrison can even attest to that because sometimes he'd do it as like a joke to see like how long it would take me to Put change it the on remote. 23. You see that foot just tap and like turn that fucking volume. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not lying. Like he thought it was so funny. Um, so then like- Again, one, the men causing the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's what she was like. Okay, like I want you to try and- like set the TV time like or volume at a certain number that's not a multiple of five oh, and Lord. time yourself to how long you can keep it there before you can like, before you feel like you have to change it. Oh. And like, it did help. Like I got longer and longer and then eventually I was like, like 35 seconds. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I was a very action oriented person. Like I needed things to do. So like she got me into, she would send me like worksheets to fill out like during the week. Like anytime, like I was feeling like super depressed, like, try and like break down like why I was feeling this way what caused it and like I've become super reflective because of that I was never a huge reflective person like I hate goal setting and being like well did you achieve your goals because then I'd be upset if I didn't yeah oh sorry we have the, the truck just went by <laughs> we got the windows, got the open. windows it's so open nice it's beautiful <laughs> um so just like having things to do and then holding me accountable for me wanting to get better because like again like if i didn't want to get better and just talking 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 like that's not going to solve right. anything it's a waste of my time mm -hmm. um so figuring out like what helps you as well as like a good therapist that's willing to do that work with you for you um is super super important yeah. mm -hmm. When you said she sent you home with worksheets, I thought it was like a crossword with words like sunshine, <laughs> happy. No, not quite. But I will say like, because of, I mean, I've been in therapy for about three, almost four years now. Because um, part of it was I started out with my um, perf sports performance anxiety. <laughs> um, because like, again, my fear of diving for balls, because she was a sports specific psychologist. Um, but then COVID ended my 2020, my senior season. Um, so then my identity as a softball player, like was gone. Right. And yeah. I, like, I didn't know how to process that. Like softball was my life yeah. growing up and yeah. like, I liked it. Like it was while it, 
many times it was a cause of stress and anxiety and all those terrible emotions. It was also a relief. Like I, especially in college, like I really enjoyed going to practice and like just working out. Cause again, working out helps a lot with depression too. So right. it's just hard when you don't have the motivation to go work out. Cause I've been in that point too, but especially with softball, even though I was depressed, like I had to go to practice and, but I always felt better afterwards. Yeah. You know? So I saw her because of that. But then once my season ended, we were trying to figure out like what my new quote unquote identity was. I was going to like your, your obsession. What's your new obsession? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, th- and then with COVID, just like shutting everything down, like I, it was hard for everybody. Yeah. Um, so being able to transition from sports psychology to clinical psychology, um, luckily my therapist was trained in both. Um, so we were able to make that easy transition. And then unfortunately, um, she graduated cause at my university, um, we were working with, um, doctoral students. Okay. So they're getting like their clinic hours right. while still getting, working towards their doctorate. So unfortunately she graduated, but then she, she paired me up with who I have now. And I've been with her for about two years cause my first therapist knew how I was. Like, she's like, I think you will get along great with this person. And yeah. I love her. Amazing. Good. I love her. So good. And whenever I'm not doing well, Harrison will be like, um, when are you seeing Monica? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Like, you need That's to go good. talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what heals you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're very passionate on your Facebook page. Yeah. What would be your one piece of advice you would give to anybody that's going through any kind of stresses? I know I was sick of hearing this, but like, it's true. Like, things get better. Yeah. Like, yeah. It oh, will pass. Um, I just like, sometimes it seems like there's no end in sight and like, believe me, I've been there. Um, my depression has gotten really bad where I was about ready to just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't see myself getting out of this. Mm-hmm. And like, I've gotten to that point and it's really scary to get there. Cause you're, the thing that bothers me is when people say like, oh, it's selfish, but like, you don't understand like what that person's going through. Right. Like, yeah. Obviously yeah, it's right. going to affect all the people around them, but like, there's like, when you're in that state of mind, like you're suffering, like you're so miserable that you feel like you can't go on. You don't want to at this point, like my life's over. I really just don't want to continue on. Like if it's been mm-hmm. this bad up to this point, where the next 50, 60, 70 years going to be like, yeah. Um, but being able to see a therapist or find resources that can help you just learning how to cope, it will get better. Sometimes are longer than others. And, but like, it will get better. Everything takes time. Like you're not going to grow a tree in one day. Like that takes time too. You have to same with plants like you have to nourish them you have to give them what helps them grow right and it i think the hardest part for most people is finding those resources yeah um because like again or finding the motivation in order to do the things that you know are going to make you feel better Mm -hmm. right exactly Mm -hmm. so that's one thing that my therapist and i did too was we would like plan out a week and i would write down one thing each day that i had to do like even if Mm. i didn't want to like cook like i'm not a cook i make a mean pizza in the oven but that's yeah. about it <laughs> same like i'm really but good at making pizza something on the, the list oven. like yeah like cook i would food. cook food um or like go for a 20 minute walk or things mm-hmm. like that so like i had to do something each day just to get me out of bed but like again if i didn't feel like doing it like i knew that i made a promise to my therapist that i was going to at least try and attempt to do it mm-hmm. and then again it was just something to take your mind off of what was going on and just be present because a lot of times like i still now <laughs> i dwell a lot on the past like i still get upset when I think about not passing gross anatomy the first time or yeah. like what happened last year. Cause I don't do well with fa- failure again. Why I played softball. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I think at the same because time, even when you were bad, you were good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Cause it's like, Oh, like I went two for three, like three games in a row. And it's like, okay, so that means you went six for nine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then she throws the fives in there and forget about it. Right. So then it's just like, okay, 
yeah I'm, I was a huge numbers person unfortunately because that's that's how I measured my worth like to my teammates yeah. it's like am I hitting good enough like oh. is my batting average good enough yeah so Crazy. it will get better yeah, yeah it, it'll get better it does take time but you also have to want to get better mm. like you said like if you don't want to put in the effort to try and make yourself feel better you're not going to right because mm-hmm. I was the same way like I being the oldest child like I was like I can do anything on my own I'm super independent um and like I would bottle things up and like people a lot of times people didn't know that I was struggling because I got very good at masking it yeah um so just learning how to be vulnerable and like asking people like for help I, it's very hard because I was very against it for the longest time but like once you do that's when things start to get better because then people know that you're struggling people want to help you they don't want to see you suffer right Mm -hmm, Um, right. so just knowing that you have people in your corner and that people want to help you all you have to do is ask i think when you do succeed people are in your in your corner as well i think there's more people out there that want to see you succeed and do better i like to think that people want us to succeed yeah i think so you know sometimes there's harrison piece of advice for all that are listening careful who you trust okay very good yeah so in life like it. unfortunately a lot of people and uh, like a lot of people have learned the hard way that you may put too much trust into an individual that leads you to believe that they have their best interest for you but in the end they're in it for their own gain mm. and so to the people out there just you know red flags are there for a reason mm-hmm. and listen to your gut because yeah. that's the one person that won't screw you over yeah yeah okay listen to your gut Listen to some of the outside factors and just be aware of your surroundings of what's going on. Yeah. Because if you do that, you'll be able to take care of yourself. And I mean, it was a mistake that I made. I put too much trust into a person. Ultimately, it didn't work out in my favor. Yeah. But so. But it will get better. It, it will get better. <laughs> as, as much as I have heard that, yes. It will, it will eventually get better. It takes time. It takes and I'll be time. honest, I'm not the most patient person. No, I don't yeah. think I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But. I'm not what very did, patient What did Miley either. Cyrus say? Life's a climb, but the view is great. Oh yes. <laughs> and we'll oh end God. it there. You Amazing. Kinda, you kind of sounded like Miley, too, when you said <laughs> She's got that raspy voice. Oh, no. Oh, now, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yes. anyway, I we get the best of both worlds. Yeah, why does she sound like that? I don't know. Oh, all right. She smoke too much. Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. I smoke a lot. I don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much thank for you being guys. here. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right, bye. 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 See ya.